Welcome to the Calvary Cast for Kids. Hello and welcome into the Calvary Cast, episode 80, greeted by the cutest voices on earth. Something like that. Your children, I take it? My children, yeah. All right. They were in earlier and Cohen kept saying, podcast. Well, you can't say that. So podcast, podcast. And so I was like, hey, let's do that. That'll be kind of a fun uh, little introduction. So, that was a good intro. But they said Calvary Cast for kids. Right. So kids could listen to this. Okay. So we'll make this a kid focused episode. Okay. Like well, we get or we could start a new podcast in addition to this one, Calvary Cast for kids. <laughs> for kids. We could. We could we could a spin-off. We'll have a whole like uh media empire of Calvary Cast podcasts. There you go. Calvary Cast for kids, Calvary Cast for men, Calvary Cast for women, Calvary Cast for Boy, we're going to be busy with Calvary Cast. Be, but see, event we is a true uh, media conglomerate. We would pull other people into our, oh, yes. right? So we don't have to host each one. I get it. Okay. Because the Calvary cast for women from us would probably not go over so well. Right? Probably not. They want to hear from a woman, you're saying? Or they want to hear somebody more I, well, cause I, effeminate? <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> if 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 we're talking about like mothering, you yeah. know, do yeah. you have any tips and tricks on mothering? Oh, I, I give her tip, my wife tips and tricks on that all the time, <laughs> on everything. So I, I'm an expert in all the ways. Of, That's exactly why we probably shouldn't. Still, yeah. <laughs> I'm an expert in all the things. Yes, all the things. All the things all the time. So anyway, well, here we are, episode 80. Uh, we should celebrate because we do every five episodes. You know, we hit a five episode milestone marker and woo, we did it. We, we made, did it. We made it to 80, so... Uh, that is all the banter that I have for today. I wonder if there is somebody listening mm-hmm. who has listened to all 80 of our podcasts. Oh, wow. Maybe. There may be. If somebody listens to this mm-hmm. and you have listened to all 80 and you're being honest, there may be something that we could give to you. Like a gold-plated album. Yes. Or like a, a disc right. that has like the best of the Calvary cast hits or something or like that. Or a free book off of the book table <laughs> <laughs> can we give those is that our maybe we could give a duplicate copy yeah. that we have or something like that we could do something like that there would be something maybe, there would be some recognition of maybe we can create a trophy yeah we could create a trophy for our most loyal calvary cast listener who's listened to all 80 episodes it'd be like a medal we could bring them in for the podcast and we could present them with this award and um, I'm curious now to see if this will happen. But right. the person has to be honest. Like God's going to know. Remember That's Romans right. two that we're looking at but, on Sunday morning. God will judge according to truth. There you go. And He will judge the secrets of men by Christ Jesus. So if you can't lie, you can't. If lie If you've about listened it. to all eighty episodes, we want to hear from you. Right. And uh, and you might get uh, something for that. Oh, and it has to be you. You're listening to it. Like you're listening to the 80th one. Now you didn't go back after you heard this and listen to this. <laughs> right. Uh, that might be another, yeah, we'll have another you've been like from day one type list. That's what, what we're saying. looking for. We're looking yeah. for like somebody that's just stuck with it and listened to all 80 episodes. Yeah. 
Although, I mean, there are probably some people that listen to those first couple and just could I know. Hack that's it. what I'm saying. I've thought before that maybe know. Uh, some should, of those maybe first. we should revisit that. Especially those first two, three that were pretty rough with the breathing. and yeah. um, Because we've we've matured, I think, over yeah, the 80 so. episodes. We've done something. Yeah. We still try to banter a little bit funny, but we don't plan it. Some that, people don't like the banter in podcasts, but I always do. It kind of is, you know, it's just kind of the warm-up, you know. Mm-hmm. It's kind of getting things going. And, yeah. And it gives us an opportunity to kind of relax and just say, oh, yeah, now what are we talking about yeah, now? what are we oh, doing? Yeah. Right. And we get all loosened up and ready to get into the serious subject. There something. we go. Although like, sometimes it doesn't fit, though, too. It could seem a little, uh, like, a hard contrast, right? Like, oh, humor, ha-ha, serious subject. Right. Well, we've tried, if we've talked about something real serious. Right. Then we, we try to cut the cut the banter and but this one isn't this one's serious but it's not i mean well and oh the other thing too like there's joy and happiness and laughter and jokes and life and podcasts that's right so we can do that and then we can talk about the bible and we it's fun to talk about the bible and it's fun to make jokes and people just get a little clue what life is like every day around here where we're just making jokes all day and talking about the bible do you hear that that's I me bouncing my leg. Rocking my leg. At first, table. I thought it was a, a horn out in the parking lot. Oh, yeah, no. Anyway, so what are we talking about today? Okay. Remember what we started two weeks ago before you diverted us into the book of Job again? <laughs> <laughs> again, that was the first time. Right. Yes. Um, but we were going to look at the upper room discourse. Right. That, of course, is John 13 through 17. Mm-hmm. And so this is the second of those. Mm hmm. And um, and we're actually going to look now at John 13, mm-hmm. or at least a big part of it. Right. So let's just read. I'm going to read uh, through verse. Oh, let's go through verse 20. Yeah. Okay. Now, before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments and, taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but afterward you will understand. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, The one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you. For he knew who was to betray him. That was why he said, Not all of you are clean. When he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, Do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, your teacher and Lord, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do, just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. 
I am not speaking of all of you. I know whom I have chosen, but the scripture will be fulfilled. He who ate my bread has lifted his heel against me. I am telling you this now before it takes place, so when it does take place, you may believe that I am he. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever receives the one I send receives me, and whoever receives me receives the one who sent me. Let's talk about the first few verses first, right? Because I think that's setting us up in yeah. what we have here. And uh, it's some things Jesus knew mm-hmm. and uh, that make this whole scene pretty pretty remarkable. Right. And the first one is in verse 1, uh, he knew that his hour had come. And that's a theme that's developed throughout the book of John. The whole book. And, and always, I always think it's interesting when you're going through John, you see all those references to Jesus's hour, and it always happens exactly at the time it's supposed to. You mm-hmm. know, like the the wedding feast at Cana, you know, when his mom, come, when Mary comes to him and says, we need wine, woman, my hour has not yet come. And literally like three verses later, boom, his hour is here. So the specificity of that to me always strikes me. Yeah, and thinking about the fact that nothing could happen to him yeah, uh, because he was sovereignly protected yep. until his hour had come yep. and then he would be turned over. Yeah. So his hour is clearly a reference to the cross and the way he puts it here, his hour had come to depart out of this world mm. to the Father. Mm-hmm. And so the way of the departure out of this world was through the cross. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he knows that about to happen. He's mm-hmm. been already informing his disciples multiple times that when he comes to Jerusalem, then he's going to be going to be crucified, be killed. Right. And it says, John makes this comment, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Yeah. And so that is the context of what we're about to see and right. hear from Jesus. Right. It is him loving his disciples. Yeah. He's loved them this whole time they've been following him, he's going to love them all the way hmm. to the end. Yeah, it struck me too thinking about that 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 no one no one loves like Jesus loves, right? You know, having loved his own, so I mean he's demonstrated that, and he's going to continue to he's going to love them all the way to the end. And even now, right? Mm-hmm. There's still a love he has for his people. Yeah, and. uh so no one loves like Jesus loves. Yeah, he knows his own. Right. And his own know him. Right. And that was then, that was with those disciples, yes. John 10, his sheep, they hear his voice. Yes. And that includes us now. Yeah. So we can include ourselves into that verse and yeah. say we are his own. He right. still loves us. Yes. And he'll love us to the end. Which is, that's a great comfort, right, yeah. for for uh, times of doubting and question, no, Jesus will love me to the end. Yep. So, well, we sing, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the right. Bible tells me so. This is yeah. one of the texts that says that. There you go. So, um, he's going to demonstrate this love, and of course, he's going to demonstrate it fully and completely in the cross, right. as we understand that he's dying for us. Um, so he knows that, but what I, and I couldn't remember, we talked about this, if we had brought this up two weeks ago, but one application I always bring mm-hmm. to this is here, here he has his disciples in his, in the upper room. He told them in Luke's gospel, I, I desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. Mm-hmm. And he's going to now wash their feet, right? Mm-hmm. In this wonderful demonstration of mm-hmm. a service to them. And then he's going to teach them yeah. about um, many things in the upper room, but he's trying to instill in them 
chapter 14, peace, right? Mm-hmm. That they'd have his peace. And, and I just always, uh, I thought that's always remarkable. He's known he's going to the cross and yet he turns his attention on his disciples yes. and, and serves them and loves them and right. is concerned with their peace and joy and things instead of what you would think would be more um, the response. If you knew you were going to suffer, you're getting right. people to kind of come to you right. and surround you now and help right. you. And Jesus's heart is one of, even in the midst of his own severest right. trial, he is going to turn his attention right. on others. Yeah, it's always a servant-minded. Yeah. Yeah, rather. Well, and it's interesting. Um, well, what we're going to get to, well, uh, in verse 3, right? Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hand and that he had come from God and was going back to God. So, again, that knowledge of this, uh, just that phrase that all things had been given to him. If anybody demanded or deserved respect and service, right, wouldn't it be Jesus? Right. You know, and then immediately says, he knows all of this. All things are his. He rises from the table to go wash his disciples' feet. Yeah. Right. So if anybody could command that, mm-hmm. Jesus could, and yet he laid that aside. Yeah, and I think it's clearly what, what uh, John is doing here in this in, these introductory verses. The verse 3 is really preparing you so you're taken back by right. what he does the in ast- verse 4. The astounding humility of Jesus. Right. Yeah. So, okay, so then that leaves verse two, because we talked about the three things Jesus knows, right? Right. Uh, That his hours come, and we just mentioned that, and we can come back to verse three, that the Father's given him all things, and he's come from God and going back to God. So verse two is that Simon's going to, that Judas is going to betray him. Yeah, he knows that, he knows he's going to be betrayed. And I remember as I preached through John's gospel, uh, Jesus makes this comment about Judas a number of times, mm. which a part of what that's doing is showing that what happens to Jesus is no accident. Right. It wasn't like Judas's betrayal catches him off guard right. or that, you know, the, the cross itself catches him off guard. He knew what was going on. Mm-hmm. He will even dismiss Judas mm-hmm. later on in yep. this very context. And um, showing that he's in complete control the whole time. Mm-hmm if you knew somebody was going to betray you over to someone else who's going to kill you, you would interfere with that. You right. would, you would do something different. <laughs> right. But while we're seeing all through the gospels and in, in John's gospels that he knew this and yet he still well, allowed it to happen. It, it follows to what Jesus is going to say later to Pilate, right? When he asks, are you a King? You know, he says, or it was the phrase, you know, if my kingdom were of this world, my servants would be fighting, mm-hmm. you know? So the same thing, like if Jesus uh, was not, coming to do what he he would he is doing then he would be reacting against the one that you know hey there's a traitor in the midst let's let's purge him yep yep and he's not doing that at all so and i think also just on verse two two that makes this very uh, what's very clear is that he doesn't dismiss judas till after he washes his feet Mm. and i don't think we should miss that because this is this is jesus demonstrating like this kindness and love Mm. And um, humility yeah. to get down and wash the feet of his enemy. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, but I don't picture it like this pretentious way of like washing his feet and being like, oh, I'm going to get you. I know what mm. you're up to right, or whatever. Right. right? right I don't right. I don't picture that. I picture more of the genuineness of Jesus. Well, 
because even at this point, does does Judas know that Jesus knows that he's going to betray him? I don't think so, because um, he will make this big, this big kind of show show about it later. <laughs> right. So exactly. So so yeah. I well, and of course it wouldn't be like pretentious, and I'm going to get you because that would be sin. Mm-hmm. So right. It was the same the same foot washing offered to all the other disciples. He offers to Judas. As That's well. right. Yeah. 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 So that's significant. Um, so, and then in verse three, of course, uh, Jesus knowing that the father had given all things into his hands. Mm. And I think that's a, that's somewhat parallel, right? To the great commission, Mm. uh, all authority in heaven and earth has been given unto me. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that he had come from God and was going back to God. That's a really powerful verse, like speaks of the preexistence of Jesus, right? the eternal son, or as John introduces his gospel, the word who was with God mm-hmm. was God, by whom and for whom and through whom all things were created. Mm-hmm. And so it's clearly referring to his deity as the son, right? Mm-hmm. And then going back to God, he was in glory. And mm-hmm. as he'll pray in John 17, restore to me the glory yes. that I shared with you before the world was. Right. And in a connecting passage, we can look at a little bit in Philippians 2, he was in mm-hmm. the form of God mm-hmm. and then humbled himself, right? So Yeah. Well, and I was just thinking to you about, I was reading uh, just this morning, actually, in Daniel 7, right? The vision of the Ancient of Days and the Son of Man. And it says, you know, Daniel, the Son of Man there, of course, is Jesus, right? And it says, to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and language. So when he says that the Father had given all things into his hand, is there a completion that has now come to that? Is that what he's referencing? Or could it be it, some of that, but also more to come? Okay. As as you see that sure. Through, vision of the Son of Man, okay, yep, all things being brought before Him, right. So I don't know. Just the passage jumped in my mind as I was thinking about that passage. Yeah, I mean, both and would mm-hmm. be true, and because um, there's a significance in the completed ministry and life of Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. He had to go through certain things, experience certain things, mm-hmm. so that, like the writer of Hebrews says, he could be a merciful and faithful high priest. Yeah. Uh, he had to go through the cross in order mm-hmm. for these. So, so nothing is by accident. Um, so there must be some sort of completion to his earthly ministry that now this is the time that the hours come, the fulfillment. and Yeah, and but that. there will be more because, as Paul says in Romans 1, he was declared to be the Son of God in power right. uh, at the resurrection. Yeah. Right? So, and then he's exalted to heaven. Right. So. There's pictures of that. But the main thing, I mean, to see is that here is this one that came from God and was mm-hmm. going back to God in that exalted position, and yet he rose from supper, laid aside his outer garments, taking a towel, tied it around his waist, and then he washed their feet. So, I mean, we're we're only five verses in, and we're almost 20 minutes <laughs> into the podcast. Um, so should we talk for a moment about what feet washing is? Any significance to that? Why this is such a astonishing move well because it was a mean it was the menial of menial tasks right right? and um, if i if my previous research is correct and i haven't looked at that in a long time but i think this was reserved for slaves yeah and uh and not like if you were jew who had slaves you couldn't allow uh your jewish slave to 
do this. Oh, had to be a Gentile slave. In other words, it's a pretty, it's such a menial right. task to have somebody, you know, to, right. to, to washing the feet. And there's even rules around how low on the social rat ladder you had to be. Right. And like you couldn't just be a low order Jew and do this. Right. You had to be even less than or that. Or make somebody do it or right. And it's always, and, but obviously in those days they wore the sandals right. and their feet were dirty. Filthy, and, yeah. And um, it was uh, something of courtesy and and humility and service. But ultimately what is he, he's picturing, we're seeing here first of all, the humility of Christ. Right. And I, I always like to think about this. Jesus is God incarnate, right? Mm-hmm. The word became flesh. What we're seeing here is what God is like. Yeah. Hmm. God is like this. Hmm. Well, that's pretty amazing. That is. He says in John one, he's, he has, um, uh, he, he makes the father known, yes. right? And, and the idea is, uh, here's, 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 the father. here's God, right? <laughs> right yeah. This is what he's like. Right. That's pretty profound. That he's stooping to serve the lowliest, do the lowliest thing for people who hate him. Right. Even like Judas. Oh, man, it's yeah. amazing. That yeah. is amazing. And uh, Jesus, you know, will say, when his disciples in our passage are arguing, you know, who's the greatest or whatever, mm-hmm. and um, they had to feel so stupid about that later because here they see Jesus now mm-hmm. demonstrating what he wants the heart of his disciples to mm-hmm. be, which is the servant. Right. I have come not to be served, but to serve and hmm. to give my life a ransom for money. Hmm. And I think it also points to, obviously he's talking about this cleanliness with Peter. Right. That I, if I don't cleanse you or what have you. And, uh, and I think it's through the cross, obviously right. that he brings the ultimate cleansing, uh, that we need. Right. So I was reading, this is Bruce Milne. I was reading this on this, this verse, cause that is always right. An interesting verse in verse six. Or what is it? Uh, where Peter says, "No, you're not going to wash me," and he says, if, I, "If you don't wash me, you don't have any part of me." Well, what does that mean? And he just asks this. He says, "The question then becomes: Has Christ washed us? How that it happens is illustrated in these verses. Like Peter, as long as we imagine we can get by without Christ cleansing, we cannot be saved. Pride must perish. We are helpless sinners for whom no amount of good works, religious exercises, or Christian ministries can atone. Only the blood of Christ can save us." His sacrifice offered for us on the cross and received by an act of simple personal faith. So we come to Christ and allow him to wash us. Hmm. I thought that was a really uh, interesting uh, application of that. Yeah, right. that's great. Peter needs to be washed. We need to be washed. Mm-hmm. And it's pride that says, no, don't wash me. Right. Isn't that, that's irony. Yeah. So the humility of Christ yeah. in providing that. And then the irony of the pride of man yeah. refusing to receive it right, or even the need for it. Um, so, and then it, it's, so it's, there's those spiritual connotations here, obviously of the washing we need from Christ. Um, and then though he gets down into um, verse 12, where he's going to teach them now, do you understand what I've done to you? And he says, you call me teacher and Lord and you are right for so I am. If then your Lord and teacher, if I then your Lord and teacher have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I've given you an example that you should also do just as I've done to you. So I have brought a basin and a towel and I'm going to allow you to wash my feet now. <laughs> right? Is that, no, that's not the right. idea. Right, no, I was going to ask that. Should Because I think there are some church traditions that do foot washing. They make it an ordinance. 
Really? Right. Some some do. I've I've heard of that. Well, you think about it, he instituted on the yep. same night the Lord's yeah. Supper, and so now they're saying the foot washing. I mean, it would seem like a logical conclusion. I think I've seen it maybe at a wedding, mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. But it stood out to me though in verse fifteen. I have given you an example. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think that he's saying, uh, this is an example, right? Mm-hmm. Not that this is the rule. This is how you are to minister to right. one another all the time. It's not that the point isn't to establish right. a, ordinance. Uh, an ordinance. The point is to show what he wants us to be right. like. That kind of humble service. Right. And love for others. Yeah. Yeah. So we won't be washing one another's feet on the podcast or on Sunday. Right. Is the rule. And I, the thing. And I think that he... I mean, that would imply, though, that there is no um, task for us that would be mm. in service to God, to service to his people, mm-hmm. that would be, we're above that, Yeah. right? I mean, right. think about it that way. I, that's at least one mm. application. But also just that servant heart, the humility of wanting to serve others and uh, demonstrating love and the humility that lives for the good of other people, mm-hmm. right? And I think the ber- yeah. the best place this is applied, I believe, is uh, in Paul's letter to the Philippians, chapter 2. Familiar passage. Which I I don't know if Paul had in his mind these what happened here, but it is almost, you know, there's just such a parallel here. Well, I was struck, actually, because I was wondering if he used the same word when he talks about uh, uh, being em- em- emptied himself. Mm-hmm. Some talk about that, like laying aside, right? Mm-hmm. It's a, and it's very similar language as laying aside his garment and yeah. putting the towel on. Right. It's not the same word in the Greek, but it's certainly the same picture. Same picture, right? Yep. Illusion there. So he says, so if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, or which was also in Christ Jesus, which seems to me to make more sense, mm. who, though he was in the form of God, and this is what we're flashing back here to John right, 13, exactly. right? Exactly. He did not account equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Yeah, that to me is a, a, an explanation and application yeah. for how we should be treating one another, right. right? And having that heart that isn't selfishly ambitious or conceited, but humility, and really counting others more significant than yourselves, and looking out for the interests of others, just as Jesus did. Don't a lot of like our interpersonal problems result from like a lack of humility and looking out for my interests above the interests of others? Yeah, absolutely. Can can really happen. So you feel stupid being proud when you read John thirteen. <laughs> yeah. If you if you've got a humble heart, right? That's what we'll call this pa- this podcast. You feel stupid being proud when you read John thirteen. Right. It is. Write it, that down. Right you now. can feel so stupid with that because then all of a sudden you see Jesus 
taking the form of a servant and note realizing that's his whole ministry. Yeah. That's what he did his whole ministry, yeah. not just that night. That was just a demonstration of what he did all the way through right. the cross. Well, isn't that also then when he says in verse 16, truly, truly, I say to you, servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. So you can't look and say like that task is, or that service or that, you know, whatever it is, is below me mm-hmm. because you look and go, well, if Jesus, the one who deserves all praise and honor and could actually be above doing a menial task like that, if mm-hmm. he stoops to do that, yeah, then I don't have an excuse. Not That's to. right. And I think the last verse that I'll talk about, verse 17, is um, if you know these things, blessed are you if you do mm-hmm. them. So if we confuse the life of happiness and blessedness as the accumulation of, of as much as we can get, even our own power or fame or prestige or others serving us. That's not the happiness that comes from Jesus. Jesus says, if you know these things that I'm teaching you and you you do these things in your life, you live like this, uh, that's where the blessing will come. Yeah. It'll come in not exalting yourself, but humbling yourself mm. in service to God the Father and to other people. And if in that in that humiliation will come the true blessedness and happiness, not the yeah. other way around, which is counterintuitive to most most in the world. Hmm. You know that a thing that stands out to me, like verse seventeen: "If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them." Uh, so it's interesting to me. John's writing this gospel, and then in First John, when he's like writing a letter to a church, right? That's kind of his point, right? Like. Yeah, that the, there is a way of obedience that is reflected of those who truly know the Lord, mm-hmm. right? So, and a lot of it is the love of the brothers, right? Mm-hmm. That's one of the main things. If you don't love the brothers, you're not, you don't belong to Jesus. Yeah. You know, if you don't confess Jesus is the Christ, you don't belong to Jesus. So I think it's really interesting that John is the only gospel writer, right, that records that phrase in this whole scene mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Uh, and then in his practical pastoral application, Uh, He's saying this is a crucial part of the Christian life. Absolutely. We're going to stop there then? Yeah, why don't we stop there? That's good. We're 30 minutes, so we'll wrap it up. And uh, we'll pick up uh, in a future episode. Well, we hope this podcast has been helpful for you as uh, you seek to follow Christ. And uh, that's our goal through this podcast is to equip the people of our church. And if you're blessed by it uh, being outside of our church, we, uh, we are thankful for that as well. We love to hear from our listeners. We're looking for, especially you listener who have listened to all 80 episodes. There might be uh, something of great significance in it for you. So reach out to us if you're part of our church. Come up and talk to us on a Sunday. Give us a phone call. Shoot us a text. If you're outside the church, send us an email at thecalvarycast at gmail.com. At Calvary, we exist for the glory of God, the good of His people, and the Great Commission. So until next time.